is a new podcast in the Mega Talks podcast channel. It's hosted by myself and BJ. BJ, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Lee? I am doing great. And this is an, uh, a podcast where we review stand-up comedy. Uh, we are making our way through the Comedians of the World, a special on Netflix. Uh, today, we are going to talk about a 30-minute set by comedian Chris Elio. BJ, how do you feel about this set? Um, I was going to say, uh, welcome to the first episode of we should really preview our content before we decide to release an episode on it, but um, this is actually the second episode uh, that I would say fits under that criteria. Um, oh, I, I put this in a whole different uh, category. I mean, I feel like uh, it was like Neil um, Brennan who uh, did the 30-minute set we covered the first time. I didn't like his set, but I felt like there was some good things in it. This, I really didn't like. So this might be short, BJ. I'm going to trash this pretty hard. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be super short. Um, essentially, going into this, I I finished the, the episode, or the 30-minute set, and I was like, is this stand-up now? Do I not like stand-up anymore? <laughs> I'll tell you, I took three breaks. I mean, you take three breaks in a 30-minute stand-up uh, routine. It's not good. Let's get into some of the things I did not like about it. First off, he pretended to do some crowd work when he first started. Yeah. And then complete, completely abandoned it. Uh, and then he started in on this strange premise of everyone told him to go to Australia. Like, that's a thing. BJ, is that a thing for you? Um, I have been told that I should visit Australia and New Zealand um, because they're cool, but not not everybody. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I could see people in in somebody's life being like, "You should visit this place." But but yeah, it. I don't know. The premise seemed a little odd, um, and just it just went downhill from there. I, I mean, I think the premise was the best thing about his joke. Yeah, and that's a theme throughout the set is that he's got like nuggets of a good bit. But he doesn't follow through. Uh, and when he started talking about kangaroos and wombats, I I just rolled my eyes so hard I had a headache. I'm like, really? You 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 said you went to Australia and you want to talk about kangaroos and wombats? Like, it's so lame. Yeah, and then I don't know. He then he just put on this terrible Australian accent that made him laugh. Yuck. And I think I think the the title of this set should have been Chris Delia makes himself laugh and people watch that <laughs> it's, a, it's a good point uh none of his accents are good which doesn't stop him from doing them um yeah i didn't like it uh he seems like a guy who again i feel like he he's been around comedy enough i know he's been around a long time that he kind of knows he, he gets nuggets of good bits he knows what would be funny but he's not i guess able to carry it through which maybe that's not fair i mean maybe i need to to watch other things that he did or, or, or has done, but at least for this set, I felt like everything was half baked. Yeah, I I just think that it didn't nothing nothing hit for me in this set, um, and it seems like he's an actor that sort of has been around comedians, and maybe he's you know done a little bit of writing for it, you know, a little bit of producing, and and so. I think he needs a bunch of other people to sit down with him and figure out bits and then it gets somewhere good. And then for his stand-up, he has some nuggets and then none of the work to go in to make them good. Right. So we've talked about 
stuff he does that doesn't work. I will give him a little bit of credit. He's got great energy on the stage. Um, yeah. And I feel like that carries some jokes that aren't particularly great uh, in the room because he, he does come out firing. Yeah, he does. And um, he he brings an energy that I feel like some other comedians could use. And he has he has that confidence that if he was funny, I think he'd be a great act. And it just, it's almost there. Um, I'm actually curious if his brother, who his older brother is also a comedian, and apparently that's like one of the reasons that he got into comedy is because his brother was, or sorry, younger brother, maybe. It's one of them. Anyway, and so it's like, all right, well, once he gets through it in workshops and, and, and gets his act cleaned up, I think it could be good given the excitement that he brings to it, the personality that he brings to it, and I think he has reasonable timing. It's, but, but man, it just, it needs to be better. Yeah, so BG, I'm right there with you. I mean, he, it seems like what I was watching is a good stand-up with bad jokes. Yeah. Right. He's got everything else. He's got the timing. He's got the look. He's got the energy. Uh, he's got the cadence. But the jokes themselves were not that good. Yeah. Um, and I. So with the last uh, content that we did with Neil Brennan, and for pretty much every other podcast that that I've done with Spencer with with uh, Mangum Reads, I'll go through things two or three times and write notes and and try and have something to say. I went through this episode, I wrote some notes and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go back because I knew it was just going to get worse and I was going to trash it even more. And I I was going to say like, I'd rather not watch any TV for a week than have gone through that 30 minutes again. It was just, wow. No, I, so I'm not that critical. Um, one thing I will say, maybe in his defense, and Neil Brennan's defense, and potentially the comedian's defense that we're going to watch uh, in this <laughs> Comedians of the World special going forward, is that this was filmed at the Montreal Comedy Festival. It's a festival called Just for Laughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's famous for being a place where comedians are working on their set. I think that most folks bring at least the you know the big names, Chris Delio and Neil Brennan mm-hmm. fall in that category. Um, they bring not a finished product because they're working on a set. Yeah. Um, and and that's that was a, that's what we sort of characterized right with Neil Brennan said is like it was like well this is this has some good in it but it doesn't feel finished. Yeah. I feel the same way with this set. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like. This set is is barely. I hope it's it's like the the very start, where you know he has he thinks he has some nuggets and 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 will go from there. But I guess to me, N- Neil Brennan's set felt like it needed some polishing and needed some cleaning up, and you know a couple reiterations where I feel like this this set is is much more a like go back and and really rework it you know this was like the first draft or maybe an outline so yeah but i feel like they're they're two different comedians Mm -hmm. and you're all i think you uh and myself too are probably always going to like neil brennan better neil brennan is more of a comedy writer and not a performer where chris de is clearly a performer 
Uh, right. He 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 carries a lot of his jokes through physical comedy, through energy, through crowd interactions, whatever. I, I mean, I agree with you, but I also feel like the crowd just wasn't having it. That you know, the person who laughed the that's most true. was him. I mean, yeah, the crowd. I feel like gave him a couple of laughs. I mean, and there there was like a joke or two that you know reasonably got a laugh and then there were some definitely a handful of pity laughs and then he's up there giggling at you know his terrible australian accent and you know whatever else and and you know he just sits there and and has this uh does this thing where i some comedians do it and i I sometimes find it off-putting where he's laughing at a joke that he's about to tell so yeah his bit with um his friend that knows everything yeah, yeah. And, you know, he starts giggling about it, and he's like, I, you know, I figured it out. I have this great thing. And it's like, all right, well, laugh with the audience once they laugh. Well, I mean, that's a thing that, you know, charismatic performers do. Um, think about a, someone like a Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Jimmy Fallon was a great stand-up before he became a talk show host, mm-hmm. SNL personality, and he does the same thing. He'll he'll laugh before he tells the joke, and for some charismatic personalities, that works because you're there with them, and you trust that whatever they're going to say is funny. Uh, I wasn't trusting this guy. So <laughs> we've talked a lot about what we don't like. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple jokes that I felt like landed. I don't think this is all trash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked this this joke about you only get one what per conversation. Uh, so, so yeah, the joke and then is you're done. like you're talking to somebody, and yeah, you're talking to somebody, and they go, "What? What? I don't understand." Like, only do that one time, and if you do it twice, then we're done talking. Which yep. I thought was pretty funny. I'm not sure he executed the joke as well as you could, but it is a funny joke. Yes, and you know, it's something that everybody experiences, and I feel like what the premise that he put it in didn't quite work out, but he has like a, a really funny joke there, um, and. You know, it just reminded me of why I don't like going to crowded bars or, or clubs. And so. Yeah, because you get a lot of that. Yeah, what? Yeah, what? And yeah no, so very good. Um, it, you, you touched on this before, but he did have a. Uh, he's got a joke where he's talking about a friend who knows it all. Um, and this friend who knows it all, he uh, will tell you about places you're traveling before you get there, right? So you say, hey, I'm going to Australia. And they go, hey, well, let me tell you about it, right? But he, he kind of went through the, the lane of talking about women. So you say, I'm going to Ireland. It's like, oh, well, let me tell you about the women in Ireland, whatever. He takes forever to set this up. I mean, it is <laughs> yeah, it's a long time coming. But he does finally get somewhere funny because he says, you know, he's doing this interaction with him and his friend who knows it all about the women in any particular destination he's going. And he says, where are you going? Iraq? And then the crowd, the crowd got a little, uh, what? And then the guy goes, do you like eyes? Which I thought was pretty funny. You know, it's like basically <laughs> you go to Iraq, you're going to see some good looking eyes. Uh, so shout out to him for that. It took forever to get there. Uh, but it was, he did land somewhere funny. Yeah. It, it, it took him a little while and it was it's like it would have been funnier to me I guess if he sort of interspersed it a little bit and also the friend that knows everything it was just a very weird interaction it I guess it's like the friend that knows everything and all he has to comment about is the hot women of the place that he's going and it's just like the present premise doesn't make sense but he like eventually works it to somewhere that a joke that will land 
like I, I I know somebody and he probably can land that joke. It's just it's getting there. Exactly. Yeah, it took forever. Um, I also think he made a good point. Now, this is not the first comedian that I've heard make this point at all. I've heard many, many make this point. Um, but when they talk about um, being a comedian and doing radio interviews. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, it, like, as someone who's a fan of stand-ups, uh, like, I will search out these interviews. Like, if you're on, like, WKYZ in Connecticut or something, uh, but you're a comedian I like, I will, I'll go on YouTube. I'll try to find it. Um and they're, inevitably, they're always terrible. But he, he kind of sets it up by saying, hey, you do these radio spots at 6 o'clock in the morning, somewhere you don't know. And they kind of look at him and say, you're a comedian. What's the funniest thing you've ever said? Which, <laughs> it's true. That's kind of how they set that up. So I think that was, that's a nugget of funny that's born out of truth. Um, he probably can, probably can uh, expound on that a little bit more. Uh, he can work on that some. But I, I do think it's a funny premise. Yeah. Um, and... I don't listen to to anywhere near as many interviews of comedians, but the one thing that I guess I relate to a little bit more is listening to interviews on NPR with artists or comedians or um, writers, and they're usually really good interviews, but there's always a really funny part to me where either the host uh, chooses, like, this is a passage and I'm going to make you read it, or here's a bit and I want you to, like, do a little bit of it or, you know, sing like a couple lines of this chorus. And it's always like a weird interaction for me. It's just like, I've decided I want to hear this. So I'm going to put you on the spot and you're going to do it now. And then there's the flip side of it is, okay, so here's the body of work that we're talking about. Why don't you tell us what the best part of it is? And I feel like as an artist, it's sort of weird to be like, you have this body of work that you've presumably spent a lot of time on and put together and choose a little piece of it for, for our listeners so they get enough of a taste that they can talk to their friends about it and say, oh, I, I, you know, I heard this uh, interview with you know, this famous person and you know, there was this really great part and you, you have those two lines rather than like, these are the overall themes of the book or the, you know, the, this is the idea behind a lot of the comedy that I do. You should check it out. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, trying to find anything else I'd like. I'll tell you one thing I didn't like uh, and I never like with comedians uh, is when they just like out of nowhere, just start talking about the time they were having sex. Like, Oh yeah. So I was fucking this girl the other day. It's like, dude, <laughs> That is not a good setup. Uh, <laughs> it sounds particularly lame. Uh, this guy did it toward the end of his set. Did not like it. Yeah. And, you know, I th he was trying to pull out the funniest thing that he ever said. And I think the audience laughed at the end because they knew it was the end of the set and he was done. And so it was like, all right, you know, we need to we need to come together. Damn. And pull out a laugh. Woo. DJ. Spit and fire. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're 15 minutes into this thing. This may be the shortest pot I've ever done. I don't have much else to say about this guy. Um, I think he, he he strikes me as a guy who, you know, if you're going to the, the chuckle factory in Greensboro, North Carolina, you know, for an hour <laughs> on Friday night and you're paying 15 bucks to get in, he's fine. But he's not anybody that I would ever turn on Netflix or, you know, uh, really seek out. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, definitely wouldn't seek him out. And if I saw that he was headlining, I'd probably find something better to do. 
Woo! All right. Well, there we go. That's it for our second episode of Mangum Laughs. Uh, maybe it'll be better next time. Uh, BJ, do you know who we're listening or, or we're checking out next time? Uh, I do not. Okay, so it will be the third comedian uh, under the U.S. section of Comedians of the World, uh, a Netflix special, and it's a lady named Nicole Byer. Um, I have heard Nicole Byer's stuff. It's mm-hmm. not terrible. Uh, Good. No one's gonna. No one's gonna think she's Richard Pryor, but I, I anticipate it'll be a little bit better than this one. So maybe we'll go more than 16, 17 minutes next time. But uh, thanks, folks, yeah, for uh, for hanging in there with us with Mangum Laughs. BJ, anything else you want to add? Uh, I think that's it. Nice and short. Right. Keep it sweet. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you. Bye.